Kia my name is Boy, and welcome to my interesting world. My favourite person is Michael Jackson. Wanna see some Michael Jackson dance moves? My favourite subjects are art, social studies. I'll kick both your nuts off, and you'll have none. And Michael Jackson. I have a six-year-old brother called Rocky. He's got powers. Hey, boy. Hey, boy. Hey, boy. Thank you, boy. I'm named after my dad. He's overseas doing some pretty important stuff. I mean, you're a liar. Your dad's in jail for robbery. People call me a dumb honky all the time. I don't go around punching them out. Why not? Because well, they use your children. Who are you? Boy. Alright. I'm your dad. Oh. Think you can handle having the incredible hope for a day? How long was he here for? Don't know. Oh, she was my dad. What are you looking for? Treasure. Can you stop calling me dad? Sounds weird. I'm like a more you. You don't know anything. I'm all alone on this planet. Sorry I am like I am sometimes. Got people trying to bring me down, you know. The government mainly. No wife or journalist? You got a girlfriend. There's this girl that really likes me a lot, but I don't know if I wanna, you know, get involved. Mm -hmm. Well don't get her pregnant, that's all. Hello, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. I was a little concerned. Michael Jackson. Because. Michael Jackson died a year before this movie came out. Oh, really? Yeah, it came out in 2010. I noticed that New Zealand, New Zealand threw this movie on a film festival like in 2018. So, <laughs> what but happened I was like, in 2018? Is that old... when What We Do in the Shadows came out or something? No, I think, I don't know. Or he did the Marvel movie. Uh, this is Movie Humpers. I'm Bob Shim. I'm Angela. The sound you hear are dogs. The weird sounds you might hear are dogs. Uh-huh. And we watched. Boy. Boy. Taika Waititi's, I believe it's his first feature film made, and specifically it's a New Zealand film. Yeah. Dealing with um this family mm -hmm. of children. Uh, whose mother had passed and the father is kind of a crook and he comes back into their lives. It's a Maori family. That's the tribe in New Zealand. This movie was great. Yeah? That was your initial thought? Yeah. Taika Waititi has this sense of humor. I love it. That is kind of like, um, you know, it's not maybe the sensibility. Like, it works. I feel like, and I want to rewatch what we do in the shadows because we saw that like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we really thought it was like, some funny shit but i'd kind of like to watch it again and i felt like i do think this is a good movie i felt like it would have felt fresher if we saw it back then for sure because for there's sure. a there's just a level of humor here and i don't think it's as egre egregious as the uh the joss whedon way of things oh no but there but taika waititi is still kind of like a pop culture nerd type guy right he is but oh keep going but we have a bad example 
of Taika Waititi, the the Thor Love and Thunder. That movie was a fucking rotten piece of shit. That movie was awful. It was bad. Now, he did well with the other Thor movie. Didn't he also do uh, the fun, Ragn- the first Ragnarok. Ragnarok? That was a good one. Well, I think what it was was it was such a it was so such an exciting idea for this guy mm. who did like Hunt for the Wilder People, which we have not seen, which no, is supposed to. was considered one of his best. And don't worry, I'm going to compliment him, but I'm putting trying to phrase that like we're deep into this level of like like sense of pop culture saturated sense of humor, and I won't say that like. Every moment, well, the things about the sense of humor didn't feel fresh, but there were things that are worth praising uh, in this movie that he does do a really good job of. Yeah. But, like, there is that sense of humor. And is it getting tired? Is it getting tired? We're looking back at this movie. This movie's 2009. Mm -hmm. No, 2010. 2010. It would have felt fresh at the time. Mm -hmm. And then he went on and did Eagle versus Shark. I recall seeing a trailer for that and was like, I don't want to watch this. I did watch it, and I don't recall liking it very much and then he did what we do in the shadows which what became a considerable cult hit we like and i like the show too i know you haven't stuck with it but it, it he doesn't write the show but he's still he's still involved and sure he, he's like a producer it's still the same feel and i love it and this is a movie roulette episode we drew from a mm-hmm. hat and you we have set categories and we randomly generated a number from the category you picked from the hat which you will do at the end of this episode and then that's how we pick this is our movie roulette uh selection and we're we're on the pace of getting it like once a month <laughs> yeah and same with the randomly generated movie reviews of which yeah. our next one is four lines by four christopher lines. morris yeah you know i hear what you're saying i think what helped this movie to not feel so stuck in like the pop culture-y-ness was that they didn't actually get any Michael Jackson music. Well, obviously, this is a year after he died. <laughs> that family is like, yeah, give us like more money than you're spending on this movie and we'll yeah. let you. And I think it's for the best. Yeah, I think it made it better. And I'm not even talking about controversies. No. Whether you do or whatever you think about Michael Jackson. Like the movie itself is like, or the music itself is fine if you heard it. We all know those songs. Mm-hmm. But... I really feel like if he was able to just like have twenty Michael Jackson songs in this movie, it would not have. It would have been bad. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been that great. And that's what I was trying to say is that I was a little nervous. That's what I started to say at the very beginning of the episode was that I was a little nervous for a second because I really just didn't want to listen to Michael Jackson music Explain for a why. whole movie because he's a child rapist. He's a pedo. Yeah, well, a lot of people, you know, like uh, a lot of smoke okay. to that. A lot of smoke to that fire. Here's what I'm gonna and say. It does. It does seem like that when it comes to like your celebrities and what you want, people really hate rapists until they don't. Right? They really. They're they're willing to. <laughs> I'm just saying, like sure. ev- everyone's like kind of like a virtue warrior here until it's, it's a certain person. Yeah, or and a then certain no, person. they never could have done that. And it's like, oh, they weren't ever like convicted, and it's like. That's usually the argument with Michael. Okay, here's what I'll say. That's true. Yeah. I understand if people don't want to believe it because they love him so much that they it would, like, break their hearts. But that's not... How could someone that you listened to when you were five years old possibly molest someone? Listen, that just doesn't even make sense. What I'm trying to say is that regardless, because sure, I wasn't there. 
I choose to believe the people who've spoken up that he molested them, that he took advantage of them. No matter what, though, I cannot hear a Michael Jackson song without thinking of those men's stories. Okay? So whether someone else believes it or not, I truly can't listen to his music without thinking about that stuff. That's why you just beat it. Michael, not exactly a smooth criminal, you know? Some might say he was bad. And some of the shit that he was accused of is off the wall. You know? Oh, God. But but for a lot of people, when it comes to listening to his music, they just, you, you don't stop till you get enough. Uh, but maybe Michael should have took a, lo- a long look at the man in the mirror. Or maybe he should have just kept it in the closet. Show was dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best bit we've done in like the 20 episodes that we've recorded. <laughs> you just had to get that you out of your... complimented your own self because that was all you. You're like, I just did the best bit. I just nailed this it. this whole show. I just fucking no, it's nailed tr- it. I mean, that was really funny. <laughs> Thank you. But I'm, I'm just, you know, stating for the record that... Uh, had this been more actually Michael Jackson heavy, I would have hated it. Here's what worked for me was that it was very much this idea of just like a kid loving something bigger than himself and different from himself. And this sort of idea that like, if he were to get to go see Michael Jackson, it would mean that, like, he was doing well. I was worried. Or something, you know? Like, he imagines also his dad is like Michael Jackson. Yeah, there wasn't some goal where he was going to go to, um, I don't know, have to go down to Auckland to go see a Michael Jackson. Right, and so. there's going to be some weird person pretending uh, to be Michael Jackson on a stage with, like, some wig. Like, I didn't want to fucking goodness. see that thank shit. Goodness, yeah. That's what I was nervous about. But the fact that it was just this little boy who liked this person, honestly, the way the story was told... There was some, like, clothing that referenced Michael Jackson stuff, but it could have as easily been Elvis if it was 20 years earlier or Madonna if it was a girl. Like, you know, it was very much just like this is someone that he loved. It wasn't about that. It was recurring, but whatever. But anyway, I loved that they didn't have a single Michael Jackson song. That made it better because it didn't steep it so heavily in that. Remembering Ghost... Yes. Where Whoopi Goldberg, the medium, allows Patrick Swayze to. Yes. She, she Whoopi knows he's there. She lets he Patrick Swayze. Possesses her. And he talks to her. Yeah. I can speak to the dead, too. And there's a certain celebrity we've been discussing. Bobby, you please. You don't want to talk to him? Do you want me to ever have sex with you again? <laughs> You're like. If Michael Jackson possesses my body, you're never going to have sex with me again. I'm just trying to say to you that there's a strong possibility that whatever impression you're about to do is going to dry up my vagina like the fucking Sahara Desert. (laughs) Well, it ain't designed to get it wet. You think I'm trying to get it wet? (laughs) No, but I'm just saying it might get so dry that it's never going to work again. Mm. You might break it. Like like it'll tighten up and I can't do anything. Go ahead. All right. Angela, it's me, Michael, in your husband's body. First, I want to compliment his genitalia. It's a good size. Angela, 
Now I heard there's some. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm just crying. I heard there's some accusations that you're troubled with. Is there any questions you'd like to a no. ask me? No, I don't want to talk to you. You don't want to ask me if I committed these crimes? No. You don't want to ask that? I'll answer honestly. You're not going to ask me? <laughs> I'm afraid of what you're going to say. Just ask. You never know. I'm in heaven now. Oh, are you? I mean, that's what they told me. It looks like a Costco. Did you do it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. There you have it, folks. I know a lot of people were defending him. I get the emotional connection. <laughs> I'm not mad at you for defending him, especially during that documenteers episode about the documentary. That young girl who was constantly being like, he didn't do it, he didn't do it. I wasn't mad at you. But now we know, like from the man himself, ghost style, that he did it. Or he was impotent from all the shit that his father gave him. There's also that. But you don't have to get boners to molest kids. So, like, all right, let's talk about boy. I will say also about boy that another reason I don't, it didn't feel as, like, steeped in the pop culture of the 80s for me was that it, it didn't feel dated. No, no. You know, like we've been watching these like slapstick comedies that feel very dated because they're constantly referencing things that are happening right now. And this movie did not actually do that. Aside from the kid liking. Maybe having a shirt that said like had old video games names yeah, on it. People wear those now. So that doesn't feel old, but I'm, maybe that's because it's we're too steeped in I'm it now. I'm literally wearing like 80s style gym shorts right now. Let me give it. Let me give an outline of this movie. Uh, this, yeah, okay. this kid boy and his brother Rocky, mm -hmm. who thinks he has superpowers. Mm -hmm. He they live with his nana. His mother died, and his father got locked up. And he actually lives with a bunch of cousins and stuff, like a bunch of kids. His aunt lives the there too, but she does like twenty jobs in the yeah. town, so she's never home. They got a, a a they live with a cousin named Chardonnay, and like a couple other kids named Dynasty and Falcon Crest. So there's that pop culture thing where they're just named after Isn't 80s it like soap Dallas operas. Dynasty and Falcon Crest? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so, so he's just he he loves Michael Jackson, but it's not really like all about that, but he's just a kid going about life in this little uh community that's dominated with Maori indigenous people. And one day his father kind of comes back into his life and he kind of has these memories of his father but we later re realized that a lot of what he thought happened was just kind of like emotional projection it was and and the father's played by taika waititi and he's just kind of like like a loser mm -hmm. like a like uh he he acts like he's in a gang he hangs out with a couple of these like uh other new zealander guys one white boy another maori guy and one there here's here's a here's a compliment off the top that taika waititi you know, his bit, his character was kind of a dirtbag, but he did not outshine these kids. No. Like, not at all. No. Uh, the cast, let me go through the cast. Written by Taika Waititi, directed by Taika Waititi, starring James Rawson, Tejano Ekatoni Witu. Uh, Taika Waititi stars in it, Ricky Lee Waipuka Russell, and James Rolston, who played Boy. So good. Uh, was apparently on his way up, and I had read, uh, setting up for this show, that he was in a bad car accident and he had brain injuries. Oh god. So he took several years to kinda it kinda he was on his he was starring in New Zealand critically acclaimed New Zealand movies. There's a few more. He actually looked familiar to me. 
like and, we may have seen him before and he was in a bad wreck and it okay. kind of set him back so i don't know what his status is yeah. but he had to go through like a long road of physical and mental recovery like he had a brain injury so a young actor who was really on the up got set back real hard that and he and he absolutely did a fantastic job in this role he was so good in this there was not a single person who did not help carry this movie every single one of them was amazing and you're right he did not outshine these kids and he played this character because you did call him a dirtbag but he's one of those like charming dirtbags sure where you can actually kind of be like wrapped up in him and we've all known people like this right who you know maybe you're kind of like a little like a vagabond and they're kind of like all over the place and they're not really reliable but when they're in front of you you feel like you're the only person that matters in the entire world but then like the next morning they're a shithead but you know and, but in a way they're they have a charm but all, they also seem so inept that they seem harmless yes there is that part where it's like yeah even when he does something bad it's like well he's just kind of dumb so. and he has these moments where he's trying to look cool in front of the kids that mm -hmm. boy hangs out with and Rocky, this little boy, yeah. and he doesn't, who's very, their mother died when Rocky was born. Right, and the reason he thinks he has superpowers is because that's what Boy told him. Boy told him that the reason their mom died was that he was too powerful, I and she couldn't handle I it. I loved Rocky. I loved Rocky. I loved Rocky. Rocky's never met his dad. But the, but. Until now. To, and Rocky did not put a lot of trust into his father being there until he started to show uh, until the father started to show that there, he was hurt by the loss. Yeah, of the mother. But Boy is also projecting because he doesn't have a father figure in his life. So as his dad is hanging around with his goon buddies and his dad is impressing his bullies and shit. And so he's trying to... So he's feeling a lot of pride for his dad, even though his dad is a big dope. But he just had nothing to... Like, they live with their Nana, but Nana had to go into town for several oh, days. Oh, yeah, they to, were, like, like, alone at the house. Like, they didn't, they ain't got money. So yeah. she had to go and do a bunch of shit to come back. And, and help he the kids. was basically taking care of the whole house. So boy is kind of like really thirsty for that father figure. But the Taika Waititi's father character is like pushing back in these subtle ways. Also, they found this crop of marijuana in a cornfield. Mm -hmm. and, all, and apparently he buried money because he got put away for robbery. And he put away, and he put away some money a long time ago and buried it in a field. So throughout the movie, they're trying to find the money. Mm -hmm. Boy does find the money and stashes it where a pet goat is. And this is the goat that he tells all his problems to. Mm -hmm. And But when he shoved the, the money down in the pen where the goat is, I immediately was like, that like goat's going to eat the money. Yeah. You started to talk about the marijuana, though. But the marijuana becomes, once the money's gone, the marijuana becomes the thing that the father it's trying to get but the marijuana belongs to someone else to gang members well and the reason the re the way he gets it is that boy knows where it is because his cousin actually like goes and picks it and sells it for their other uncle who doesn't live with them who's in a gang and he calls it she does gardening for him or something there's like some weird word he he uses but or does flower deliveries or something but he he goes there with her and they'll help her like pick what she needs, but then they leave the rest. Well, because the goat ate the money and he didn't want his dad to be mad at him, he went and stole 
he like brought him a little bit of marijuana mm. and was like, I found this. And he's like, if you find any more, you got to bring it to me. Yeah, yeah. And so he'd been doing that. But then when the goat ate the money and his dad was mad, he was basically like, I can show you where all the marijuana is. I mean, we didn't have that conversation, but the next thing we knew they were taking all the marijuana sort of made the dad forget, I guess that yeah, the yeah. money was gone. But then, of course, they got beat up by the gang because they stole the marijuana. Another compliment that I will um, give Taika Waititi that he actually does outshine the other, like, pop culture obsessed humorous contemporaries that I kind of mm. can be very dismissive of is that he's actually very good at writing kids. Yes. And, um, and we saw that in Jojo Rabbit, yes. that character. Uh, we haven't seen Hunt for the Wilder People, but one of the main characters is a young Maori boy. I want to see it. And apparently that's like his best movie from what I've heard. But but he he doesn't make that mistake where that so many writers do, Diablo Cody, where, <laughs> where you, you obviously don't know how to write a kid, so you just make the kid sound like a cool adult. Or you make the kid like co-opt like, I don't know, whatever shit you're listening to in your little story. If you ever... Watch a movie where the kid is just like all the mannerisms and the behavior is adult like. That means they don't know how to write that yeah. kid. And I think the excuse is like, oh, well, the kid is smart. It's smart. The kid is mature. It's like a kid can be super intelligent and mature, but it's still got to be a kid. It's not relatable. Like, yeah. you know, there's plenty of kids that are smart, and mature, but they're still kids. Yes. It's that specific thing that really separates certain writers. Taika Waititi does not have that problem. No. He did a he did a very good job. It felt so natural from the very beginning, and you know, as we're talking about this, I realized the reason I think it's so great is because of those kids, because that ensemble was so interesting and good and strong. Like even his sister who or his cousin who we barely talk to, the one that always wears like party party dresses, but obviously have no money, so she's wearing like too big for her like dress and like this like old ratty like fur coat. Yeah, like yeah. fake fur coat. Um, and she's just so, I don't know. They just, they all have like such distinct characters. It's just so good. Yeah, yeah. And Taika Waititi, truly, I was kind of enchanted by him. Like even when he was being shitty, I was like really impressed. I know I've seen him in things before, but, and, and I mean, Jojo Rabbit is a good movie, but Jojo Rabbit still had that like fantastical to it and what yeah, i loved yeah. about this one was how like how real it felt sure. even when they were maybe being silly because the moments that were silly were when he was trying to like make the kids laugh or impress them or something right and there were some really just like funny awkward moments in this that were brilliant like when the guys get there all three men are sitting in the front seat of this car and they pull up and the kid walks up and he's like can i help you or whatever and the guys and you know his dad is like Oh, you did. What's your name? Oh, but he's like, what's your name? He tells him, his, he's like, boy. And he's like, oh, and he tells him his actual name. Yeah, and yeah. it's the same name as him. And he's like, oh, you're your dad. And then he goes, cool. Would you, they talk for a minute. He's like, would you like some tea? And then the next thing you see is these three men are drinking tea in the car. And then there's a few more beats of just silence of them drinking tea. And it's amazing. And then the kid goes, do you want to come inside? <laughs> and, but it's just, it just was so good. Like the the timing was very good. I I actually think it was his best movie that I've seen. I know the 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 the, the when Rocky's representing the powers. Oh, like there's some moments where people will just fall, and it'll yes. and it'll be like it'll almost be a clue like maybe something's working, but often it'll be like little drawings representing what's happening. He, his drawings. I couldn't help but think of like a Napoleon Dynamite kind of thing with that. Sure. Although 
I mean, I don't really mean to talk. Sh- I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Not I felt either. like it was just that movie was so overplayed in its day because I felt like we got ten years of Napoleon Dynamite impressions. Yes. The but Uncle Rico uh, is still kind of an awesome character. How much you want to make a bet? I can throw a football over the mountains. But this that specific style, and the whole c- comic timing sensibility, maybe more of a realistic uh, layer of Napoleon Dynamite. Well. Maybe that's not a good comparison. There's just a certain level of like quirky, cute comedies that really came out yeah. in the in the 2000s, like like Napoleon Dynamite and uh, uh, maybe your your Junos, like we mentioned Diablo yeah. Cody and uh, you know Nacho Libre, shit like that. Sure, you know. I get. Yeah, I mean, maybe part of it for me too is that people weren't trying to like fast talk and be smart, but the comedy more came where like. The dad's trying to look cool in front of his kids' friends, and so he decides he's going to jump in through the window of his car, and he, like, can't fucking get yeah, in there he, smoothly because he's maybe never done that before, and it's very awkward and takes way too long, yeah. you know? And it's just... But in that moment, that's when it felt so real because it's, like, stupid and, like, physical comedy, but, like, not played up as physical comedy, like, truly played as, like, this guy just had this dumb idea. So, I don't know. So as the movie goes on, boy becomes... The, the 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 sheen of bewilderment to his father starts to fade because the dad's really more and more wants this money. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's it's definitely like full greed. At some point, he asks him to not call him dad because he doesn't want to seem uncool. Shogun. Shogun. Yeah, they find a James Cla that James Clavel novel in a garage. I used to work at a used bookstore, so I probably saw that exact same pocketbook two thousand times. But excuse me. But the but eventually the veneer wears off, and boy, he kind of recalls a memory. Like he he has a memory of of his little brother just being born. And he could see the feet of his mother, and in his memory, he always put his father in that situation. And then there's something like a revelation that occurs that no, he that his father wasn't actually there. He just projected his father into the situation, mm-hmm. and he was like a little boy, like three or four years old, you know. Yeah. But his father is just like an, an, an immature shit. And when his father realizes that, like, he ain't going to sell and make a lot of money with marijuana, Boyd eventually reveals that a goat did eat his money. His homies that he was hanging with have taken his car and jetted off. So now that dad has nothing. And so where does he go when he has nothing? He finally goes to the gravesite. And Rocky, the brother, does not trust the father until he shows that he actually remembers the mother. Because that actually, did happen earlier, earlier in, and that's the yeah. most, and that's the most sad. Rocky's the saddest character. He is so you cool. really just wanted to hold this kid as like you did not kill your mother. Yeah, okay? the thing about the drawings, yeah, he he believes he killed his mother because of his powers. He has drawn all over her grave. Yeah, and which look cool. It's really beautiful, and but he stays out there and he draws at her grave. So that's the whole thing, you know, like you said, like these drawings of his that are so like rudimentary, but I loved that. I loved the way that was portrayed. It didn't try to be too much. It truly looked like a child drew those. You know, I'm, I want to be cremated, but if little kids can draw on my grave, then I don't mind being buried. That'd be cool. I could get you one of those like dry erase urns and let the kids draw on you whenever they come over. Yeah, you could all. That was weird. You could draw on the urn. Yeah. Just like draw, draw boners and like curse words on it. Sure, but yeah, that that really got to me. That really got to me. The kid did, and you know, he was. There were moments where you could tell 
that the dad was trying to connect with Rocky, but, you know, doesn't really know how, and it's easy with Boy because Boy idolizes him. Yeah, he's so eager. And then when when Rocky does start warming up to the dad, it's also kind of when that sheen is wearing off a little bit, and it's almost like Boy is, he's mad that now Rocky is there. He's like, get out of here. Like, this is, I'm in the gang with dad, you know? Mm. And and there's this kind of jealousy, but Rocky's like, no, no, I kind of like him. Mm. I think he's okay. The movie pretty much ends on a point where, you know, Nana comes back home, and when the dad has nothing left and all his friends are gone, then it doesn't, he doesn't have this particular moment where he, like, stands up and he's like okay i'm ready to be a a father now it just kind of alludes that like now that there's nothing else it's kind of where he belongs it just quietly is like it doesn't go into like uh some montage where he's suddenly being a great dad it's almost like the end of the movie is the start of him actually being actually trying to do this right yeah because what what was so strong for me in that moment was that boy had already made up a whole story for rocky as to where their dad had gone because when he walked away that day boy just thought he was never going to come back he thought oh he's gone forever again so he had already made up this whole story for rocky about how his dad was going to do ninja training because he was going to be now like this huge martial arts person and was going to like come back and get them one day and and all this and then they walk up to the grave and they see their dad just sitting there and he was just wearing clothes he wasn't wearing he had ripped his his like gang thing off his jacket which is the other reason they thought he left because his shit was all torn apart. And yeah, he was just there. Yeah. And when they all look at, just looked at each other and boy came in, because that's the other thing is boy usually didn't go into the grave with Rocky. He would stand outside and tell Rocky to get out of there. Mm. And so then it was like all of these men are finally together, finally grieving this woman properly. You know, movies are hard to make, you know, and uh, it's definitely a first feature film you can be proud of here for sure. What little we haven't seen all of his movies, but there's a couple that might edge it out in concept or pure comedy execution. But there is something nice here. I will say, I think most people like after the movie ended and you got that little dance scene with everyone. I know a lot of people would think that was cute, but I honestly thought it kind of like took away a little bit from the ending emotional beat. It's really, it really doesn't take that much from the movie, but it just felt like something that was just like, okay, I I get it. I get it. They're just having fun for me. It just didn't need to be there. So, but, uh, we're going to hump this movie. Cool. Uh, we're not going to be like Michael Jackson and hump like any of the kids We're we'll, we'll hump Taika Waititi. So glad to not talk about this anymore. We'll hump Taika Waititi. I heard he likes, he gets out there and swings it a bit. Oh really? I've heard that about him. You know, I, I just realized I forgot my point on his Thor movies. Oh. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, it was it, it seemed like kind of like an inspired idea to get him particularly to make this movie. Mm-hmm. And that movie did seem fun. Mm-hmm. But then he's got to follow it up. And all the inspiration was used in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And Thor Love and Thunder just felt like a dead horse beaten version of a Taika Waititi superhero movie. So you got one that worked and the other yeah. one, it's just a fine example of how that same person can just kind of like suddenly become a bad imitation of themselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, really? and I, I don't think that's going to kill white I'm sure he's got more good movies in him, but boy was love and thunder a shit ass movie, man. Whew. Hopefully. 
hopefully in the machine that is Hollywood, the fact that he did that is going to open up some other opportunity for him to do something good. Okay, you're going to give it one through five. I'm going to give it one through five. Okay. Go ahead. 4.5. Wow. I think Boy is about as as solid a four-star movie as you can possibly get. Totally fair. And uh, you went kind of high. I almost would have went to 4.25 because the child roles are great. I almost did too, but because of the Michael Jackson of it. But it's all right. That's not his fault. Michael he didn't Jackson. know then. They didn't know then. The accusations go back to the nineties. As we sit here today, do you still think that it's acceptable to share your bed with children? Of course, of course. Why not? Michael Jackson admitted to sleeping in the bed with children. That I'm going to give his. it a four. <laughs> did you just drop it? Because I said Don't that. keep talking. It'll go lower. I'm uh, just kidding. You're going to go down to a one if I keep... No. Just, is, are you really a four? No, no. Okay. So 4.5. I loved it. Okay. I thought it was really good. So 8.5. Boy is an A-tier movie. So let me pull that shit up. Hold on. Let me... I uh, People who watch the show love to watch me mm-hmm. uh, just type very slowly and, and say out what I'm typing. That's... <laughs> It's the best part of the podcast. I didn't do a lot of talking then before I gave my answer, and you gave yours real quick, too. Usually, we talk during this part, but well, are you there? Am I there? Yeah, did you get there? What Where do you mean? To the list. Yes, I am. So, let me pull it up. Kaboom. A tier. Cool. Now, the question is, with my 4 and your 4.5, it gives it an 8.5. Yes. The other two movies we got that are 8.5s are... Akira and Hot Shots. Is Boy better than Hot Shots? Yes. Is it better than Akira? Yes. To me. Yes. Me personally, I would put it between Akira and Hot Shots. Go for it. I'm not mad about that. I'm just saying. Personally. Because you know my my gauge on what's better is what would I rewatch more first. Because if it has the same score for whatever reason... Ultimately, just what did you enjoy most? I think ultimately it's... Um, Which is the whole thing. It's more thoughtful. It deserves to be above Hot Shots just because it's more thoughtful. Mm-hmm. But Akira is more of a game changer than Boy was. Oh, just I mean, sure. Boy is a game changer for Taika Waititi. But you're right. It's definitely better. That does that. We got to pick a new one. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you almost had me kill the traitors. All right, I got, I'm sorry if that spiked. I got I've, my. I've been trying to not be excited. I got my Nashville. We're gonna. So she's gonna draw a predetermined category that I made lists of, and then we're gonna randomly generate a number within the category, and that's what we're gonna watch. So, pluck out it of the just Nashville sound. Same hat. one as before. I took out the last one. Okay. All right, here we go. Dun dun dun. dun. Caught in a bad romance. Yeah. Maybe not the coolest title I came up with. That's not how it goes. <laughs> now I can't remember how it goes because you sang it so badly. I watch your pussy. I watch your big dick. Something gaga. Want your bad romance. I watch your big old dick. No. Uh, that's what she's talking about. No, that's the disco stick song. 
I want to take like a ride on your disco stick. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a long category. I have, uh, I'm showing here. I'll pull it up so people can see it. I have 92 uh, offbeat romance and bad relationship movies. So I'm going to random number generator. One to 92. Randomly generating. Here we go. 65. Let's go to the list. I'm nervous. Why am I nervous? All right. This is a David O. Russell film that stars Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. We're talking Silver Linings Playbook from 2012. You know nothing about this movie. Why are you so upset? Why are you so bummed? You know nothing about this movie. What do you know what I know about this movie? What do you know about it then? Things. Nothing. I've actually I've heard this movie's pretty good. I, no, I, me too. I, I haven't seen it. You know what? This was another one of those movies that everyone was so jazzed about that I was like, there's no way it's good. Like, there's no way it's as good as people are saying it is. And so I never watched it. I think David O. Russell did I Heart Huckabees. I think he did that movie. I think that was him. Was he? he was, wasn't he the mm. one that got in an argument with Lily Tomlin on the set there. There's like a video of him screaming at him and Lily Tomlin screaming at each well, other. Well, then I don't like him. Fuck you! I'm just trying to fucking help you. Do you understand me? No, Johnny, no. I'm being a fucking collaborator. I'm just trying to help you figure out the fucking picture. Hey, bitch. I'm not here to be fucking yelled at. I worked on this fucking thing for three fucking years not to have some fucking cunt yell at me in front of the fucking crew when I'm trying to fucking help you, bitch. Figure it out yourself. Why? You could be, you're just automatically on Lily Tomlin's side? Yes. Why don't you fuck your whole movie? Because that's what you're doing. Uh, Would you go see 80 for Brady? No. I think Lily Tomlin's in that. I will not see that. About these old ladies from New England that want to fuck Tom Brady? I will not. Rita Marino is even in that movie. I will not see it. Silver Linings Playbook is our next randomly gender-rated, (laughs) gender-rated, Movie, Silver Linings Playbook. We're going to get to that within a month. All right? Now you can say it. <laughs> Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors. Hee <laughs> hee!